0: so glad you guys are here today, and hopefully we are on our way out of winter, right? By faith. Yes, by faith. Come on. We're on our way out. Well, God has been doing some just super cool things in people. We just... uh, I could just give you story after story after story, just of personal examples of people that are just, God is just growing you by leaps and bounds. God's taking the crud out and putting Jesus in, Amen? amen? Come on, taking out the junk and putting in the Jesus. Now, obviously, theologically, Jesus is already in our heart once we, you know, ask him to come into our lives or whatever, but... But we crowd out. So, so the premise of this series, if, if you haven't been here for the first, first few of these, is detours, dead ends, and roadblocks. Or it was going to also be beaver dams, because I think that's even a better analogy. But there's this, when you, when you get saved, there's this flow of God that just automatically happens in your life. You just start automatically growing. You automatically are being transformed into his image. But then all the junk that's in our heart wants to clog that up anyone ever had a clogged hose before or a clogged drain or right clogs are no fun right anyone just love clogs (laughs) not talking about the shoes not that kind yeah not yeah not the not the appalachian dancing no we're talking about clogs in in something that should be flowing and so Kind of our premise is that God is doing incredible. We went through the first two Sundays, just really convincing you that when you get saved, God is doing something. Say, God's doing something in me. me. And that's biblical. We gave you scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture that God is automatically doing something in you. The Holy Spirit is working. You're becoming more like Christ. But then there's these clogs that happen. And so that's what we're dealing with. The first one the, you know, that we uh, went through was uh, forgetting that we've been cleansed of our past sins. It says if anyone does not have these qualities, increasing measure, faith, goodness, and you know, all those kind of things, that, that he's forgotten that he's been cleansed of his past sins. We, just, we get this faulty image of ourselves. And we forget that God's really doing something amazing. And then last week, roadblock number two, or I guess two weeks ago, Roadblock number two, anyone remember what that one was? Pride. And I tell you what, it was, I've shared this with a couple people, it was bizarre, you guys, it was bizarre preaching to you guys, because I don't know about you, if you just love to stand up and talk in front of people, and if you do do that, it can be kind of nerve-wracking, and it's, it's always nice to make people happy. Well... When you're kind of on your top three list of of wonderful sermons to give people is trying to talk about how much pride they got in their life, right? That's just that's. If there was ever a downer, it was that one. When I was I was just was watching God work in hearts in a way that I don't know that I've ever really seen before. We preached on pride, and you would think we were having a party. It was just, just I'm telling you, just by the reaction in the room and then walking around here afterwards going from conversation to conversation well I think probably in my life it's probably this and I don't know I think in my life it's probably this is where I've got the pride I'm just listening to people talk about where they've got pride in there I'm like you guys realize we're talking about pride right like we're supposed to be proud about our pride and not talk, like it's supposed to get mad and defensive and I just love that I just really felt like I heard the holy spirit kind of say that this is the direction to go and that When God just confirms that, when you, when, like, I know that's not something that this miserable preacher can do. Like, that's got to be a God thing. When you talk about pride and people are excited to hear about it. And so I'm just excited that you're excited about God changing hearts and lives. God's making us more, like, we're just continuing to look more like Jesus all the time. Amen? continuing to look more like Jesus. So that was number two. So, and I love a Wednesday night, we had this phenomenal conversation. We didn't even get to our lesson. God was just stirring hearts, and we just had a, just a, a wonderful Holy Spirit-led night. And uh, I love that the people actually started talking about our lesson today, and they didn't know it. So roadblock number three that we're going to be talking about today, the clog in our life, maybe maybe is present in your life. That is keeping you from becoming more Christ-like? Taking offense. Ooh. Oh, does that make you mad? huh? huh? Are you bothered by that? <laughs> Taking offense. And it just wants to clamp down on our souls and keep us from being the image that God wants us to be. We're not, not good reflectors of the image of Christ when we're offended. Raise your hand if you've ever been offended. If you're not raising your hands, I'm offended right now, because it's all of us. We've all been offended before, probably even this morning sometime, right? And on the way to church, most likely, right? It's just, it's easy to take offense. Anyone know what that is? It is some sheetrock, and he is sanding, and this right here, anyone know what this is? That is sheetrock dust, or sheetrock compound dust, but we just call it sheetrock dust. And here's the, anyone ever sanded sheetrock before? Raise your, like, raise your hand if you've sanded sheetrock before, or if you've had a project done in your house where they've sanded sheetrock. Here's what I know. Marnie and I, when we built our new house, we knew it was gonna take minimum, we, we figured eight years, we planned eight years, we figured 10. And then we decided to build the barn. So I think it was a full 10. We still don't have cabinets done yet and stuff or whatever. But one thing we knew, we knew we were going to do everything in our house. We knew we were going to pour the basement. We knew we were going to do the plumbing, electrical, HVAC, all of it. Here's what we knew. We were not doing sheetrock. We were not doing that because we've done that before. And so here's what I know. And and I've done construction, so I kind of knew some of this. But I never really lived in a place when we were doing construction. So Marnie and I, when we lived in town... We put up some sheetrock upstairs, we redid our, our upstairs, and we sanded. We sanded for weeks and weeks, what should be a day, and we, it took us, we, were, we had, were skilled enough to take a one-day job and stretch it into like five weeks. <laughs> yeah, and then about, and th- and this is not a joke, but months of chiropractor work after that, and we just decided that after this, we're just not ever doing this again. But here's what I know about sheetrock dust. We put up plastic, and we're so cute, and we're gonna block this off, if you know where I'm going with this, yeah, you know where I'm going. Sheetrock dust doesn't care about your little plastic, doesn't care about your fancy little vacuum cleaner, doesn't care about your little wet mop thing. Sheetrock dust is like, I'm going where I'm going and see you later. I mean, months later, you're taking out something from the back of the drawer and you're like, oh, what is that? From a drawer that was closed the entire time. How did it get in there and get all the way in the back there? It did. And so that's what sheetrock dust. It just permeates everything. You don't have to try. You just do and it does and it goes and it and it just is a mess and it just gets everywhere. That's offense. In 2023, that's offense. A offense a is like sheetrock dust. You don't have to look for something to be offended by. Oh, it'll find you, <laughs> right? Like you, like just like just let this analogy just kind of settle into your soul. You can just be thinking you're that you're doing just fine, and some memory or something that someone said will pop into your mind. You're pulling open the drawer and you're pulling out a ladle, right? All of a sudden, oh, what did they mean by that, right? Offense is like rock dust, right? Anyone with me? Am I preaching to like? Okay, we're we're on the same page. It just saturates our soul. It creeps around. Here's a here's a just to kind of like we even we even kind of coined and I've said this before, but we, we coined a we we gave a name to this. There's so much offense in the last two, three, four years that we gave it a name. Karen, do <laughs> 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 you see what I mean? Like, we gave it, we, we gave, there's, like, offense is so prevalent that we had to put a face on it. We had to give it a name so that we didn't have to talk about long, drawn-out things. We could just talk about, oh, don't be a Karen. What do we talk? don't be so easily offended and do the things that offended people do, Karen. Right? <laughs> Anyone with me? Yeah, do you get what I'm saying? And it's just everywhere in our culture. And it's... um. Anyone do math? Like, you, math is kind of cool? I'm sure, Joni, you probably do math. Yeah? My, uh, I had an inspector come to my house. And, and a co- I mean, a good guy, cool guy. And we were talking. He's like, yeah, me and my wife, we're kind of math geeks. Like, really? Like, there is such a thing? And he's like, yeah, we, we and he's like, oh, because something I had labeled. Already. He's like, oh, what, I don't remember what the number is. That's my favorite number. And my wife's favorite number is blah, 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 because it's whatever. And something, I don't know, prime number or whatever. Like, really? You guys are real people? <laughs> so, like, if you know about math, you know uh the kind of the exponent, like exponents, like exponentially. Like, so if if being offended was, you know, I don't know, it's hard to quantify, but you know, like like say two years ago it was at 70%. Well, it's gotten way worse this year, it's like at 90%. Like, I don't think it even works like that. It doesn't add, it like it, it multiplies. And people that maybe we're a little offended before now, just can't even think straight because they're so offended. Like it just, it I'm saying is it it just snowballs. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed people just being offended all the time? Yeah. And Christians too. We're no less offended, which hurts my heart because we're not going to get into it today, but we'll get into it maybe next week about justice. And we've, there's times when we feel like, because we're saying a good thing, but you're so wrapped up in being offended by some sinner or something. I'm like, oh, dude, like you got the, like Jesus, there was this girl that ran around, who, who was it, Paul or Peter? I, was, I always forget the stories. These men are from the most high God. These men are from the most high God. And she followed him around for days. Was it Paul? These men are from the most high God. And it was a demon saying that. And Pastor Fearing always used to say, right message, wrong spirit. And it was truth. And they were, and I think we get sucked into that as Christ followers. We get the right message, but we haven't watched our heart. And I'm just, like, I'm just, I'm being lovingly mean to you right now. Because I'm your pastor, and I care about you, and I want to see you move forward, and I'm equally as guilty as you are. Sometimes, you buggers, you got the right message, but you are just nasty in your hearts. Knock it off. Like, your heart is offended, You're right. Exactly. I'm just saying we're we're all in the same boat here, and and it's something that like, oh, how could they do that about God? And don't they? And and you just you get all worked up, and offense. That spirit creeps in. There's there's been time after time after time. Marnie, Marnie, we'll just be looking at Facebook or something and be like, that's ishy. Like that's that's right. It's true. But that's ishy. Like you're like. And we've we've been there. We've looked at each other, and we've been like, "You're ishy. I know." Yeah, like, and I'm being I'm being totally serious. We're like, "Yeah, like, like that's true." But like, I'm not in a good spot with this. Like, that is wrong, and you need to be called out about that. But my but my heart is is so is so being marinated in a spirit of offense right now that I've got the right th- I've got a correct assessment. But my offense is not helping the situation. So, right, right? Just start out with a softball, right? Just clubbing you guys over the head right off, right? I mean, just right out of the gate. So, offense is saturating our cultures, and we as Christ followers get caught up in it, and it hinders our growth. And sometimes we think we're just being we're just, just super righteously angry, and, and sometimes you're just offended, and you just need to call it what it is. And I just love you enough to bring you along on my own journey and just say, hey, don't be offended like me, right? Just like, all right, let's walk out of this and let's, let's see if we can figure this out. There's, I, just, I didn't put the names on here because I'm not trying to start anything, but there was a kind of a, a pseudo-famous interview that happened a, a couple of years ago. And the interviewer asked the guy this question. Why should your right to freedom of speech trump a person's right not to be offended? I'm like, my right to not be offended. What the heck? <laughs> you shouldn't say that in church, but <laughs> but seriously. There is, there is no right to not be offended. Amen. There's not a right to not be offended. You should not be offensive always, like as a practice, but there's no right to not be offended. And I can tell by your looks. Some of you are like, so what's wrong with that? <laughs> I'm just saying. Some, some of you're like, so you're saying that's not what do you what are what are you saying really? Just stay with me. I mean, get mad at me if you want, but I'm just going to tell you tell you the truth in the best happiest way possible today. <laughs> that we do not have a right to not be offended. Offense is our choice. It's a choice. It's a and some of you are like, I "Can't wait till this is over." I'm going to write that pastor a letter. <laughs> Offense is a child. Let's oh, all right. Take a breath. Whew, you guys did better on the pride one. <laughs> <laughs> Offense is what I'm talking about because there's 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 different definitions of it. So I want us to know what we're talking about today. Specifically today, I'm talking about feeling or expressing hurt indignation or irritation because of a perceived and it it may be real or perceived wrong or insult i'm talking about the. i'm talking about that i'm talking about that reaction now there's there's other definitions of offense there's other even biblical definitions that's not quite i mean they fit in but it's not quite what we're i'm talking about the emotional response this how how dare you robin I knew you were that kind. So I thought, I tried to think of the best of you, but I knew. We're talking about that. We're talking about this immediate reaction. That's the kind of offense that we're talking about today and how it cripples and paralyzes us. And uh, just, just, you probably don't care, but just to let you know, uh, some of the quotes from today and probably next week are going to be from Brandt Hansen. I get, we did a bunch of quotes from his book, uh, The Truth About Us, where it tells us how terrible people we are, right? That like we really are turds, and and Brant just puts that so eloquently. And once you realize that, you're like, okay, now now God can work. Once you realize that you're not Miss Perfect Pants, right? <laughs> or Mr. Perfect Jeans, right? Then then you then you can all of a sudden let God in your life. Well, I have God in my life. Oh, it looks like it. Right? (laughs) Right? And so that that was, Brandt answers a funny offer, but he wrote a book called Unoffendable. And then years ago, uh, 20 year anniversary, uh, John Bevere wrote The Bait of Satan. And uh, so some of the quotes are from these books today. But uh, before we go to those, let's look at the book that really matters, uh, the Bible. And in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, verses 10 through 13, we see this. And then many will be, say it with me, offended. Oh, we're talking about kind of signs of the end times here. Many will be offended, won't they? Won't you? No, not after today, you won't. Many will be offended. They'll betray one another. They'll hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will be, will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Does it sound a little bit like 2023? Does this sound a little bit like the America that we're in the middle of right now? Okay? You do not want to be part of this. This is not a, hey, Jesus told us how we're going to act in the end. No, he told us how the world is going to act. This is not how we're to act. Like, if this is you sitting there this morning kind of patting yourself on the back, and you're like, yeah, I'm like that. <laughs> like that's, that's not a good thing. He's saying this is the spirit that's prevalent of the end of the age. And if you get sucked into it, you're no longer doing good anymore. He's, he's saying many will be offended or betray one another. They hate one another. And it's just this contagious attitude that seeps its way in. And, it's, and I'm just going to say, it's, it's a spirit of our age. It, 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 it literally is. It's a demonic apparition that, that is hovering over our nation right now, hoovering up anyone that wants to just Play along with the game. That is right. She did say that. All that. I know that. They are that. Like, it was so easy for all of us, right? And then Proverbs 18 19 says this. Look at this. This is a warning. An offended brother is harder to reach than a fortified city. The walls go up, right? You can't just waltz in there. And quarrels are like the bars of a fortress. An offended brother is harder to reach than a fortified city. So just for a minute, we're going to talk about John Bevere. And he talks about the trap. talks about the trap. So in, in, in the Greek, the, the word for offense, you know, many will be offended or whatever, it's scandalon, And it was a common word that they used, and it was the trigger of the trap. So they'd set a you know a box up or whatever and that like the stick that moved or the thing the part that moved in the trap, that was the scandal on. And so you'd come in being all excited that, ooh, we're gonna get some free cheese, right? And you would hit that stick and all of a sudden the trap comes down on you. So that's if you're just kind of a, a preview of John Bevere's book, that's that's what he's talking about is being trapped in and, uh, and he goes into unforgiveness and some different stuff as well, but just being offended and you don't realize that you're trapped. And that's exactly what Proverbs just told us, that like an offended brother is unreachable. Those walls go up and you're stuck. You're stuck, you're stuck. So John says this, Jesus said it is impossible that no offenses should come. So that's kind of old English there, but saying the offenses are gonna show up, right? There's gonna, you're, you're gonna be offended. So John says it's not a question of opportunity to be offended. But the question is, what will your response be? It's an unfortunate fact that not some, but many are offended and trapped, held captive, trapped up, trapped up in offense. Oh man, let's keep going. (laughs) Let's go another John Bevere quote. He says this Many are unable, on the same thought, many are unable to function properly in their calling. Because of the wounds and hurts that offenses have caused in their lives. They're handicapped and they're hindered from fulfilling their full potential. And that's exactly what this series is talking about. It's talking about uh, believers in Christ having this wealth of heaven. Every resource that heaven has is at your disposal. Amen? That's scriptural. We gave that scripture the first or the second week. Like, like... You've been given everything that you need for life and godliness. Everything. Everything. There is nothing lacking. But we don't live like there's nothing lacking. Come on, church. We live like there's lots lacking. And one of the things is because I'm so offended, Isaac. Right? That's one of the many, many, many roadblocks. So we're just identifying. Here's the cool part. When you identify these roadblocks, and that's what I heard after the pride one, they're like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I didn't recognize that before. And now they can just start dealing with it. And the comment that that I heard more than once was, "It's so freeing. It's so freeing. It's so freeing." Don't you want to be free? Right? No one wants to admit that we've got know, junk in our hearts. Hey, guess what? You got junk in your hearts. We all do. We're all in the same boat. So let's move forward. And that's and that's the thing that we talked about this Wednesday night. Let, let's not just be like, uh, "That's yep, you're bad. I'm bad. Raw." <laughs> Let's recognize it and then move forward. It's not just to say, oh, yeah, boy, none of us are perfect. No, that's only a starting point. That's only the starting point. And then we get, to, we get to move forward. We get to move forward. All right, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about offense a little bit. It is, so when you get offended, it's swift and sudden. It's larger than life. And it demands an immediate response. All right. Anyone been offended in the last year? (laughs) Okay. Here's what goes on. All of a sudden, all these hormones are released in your body, and there's this fight or flight response that is supposed to be good, but it's been engaged to deal with your crud that you're not dealing with in the right way. So you decide that you're offended. And now offense is screaming. So when you get torqued off at someone, when when someone says something, I can't believe this. I can't believe they did that. Can't believe they cut in front of me, Ray. Can't believe it. I can't believe it. Can't believe that he didn't give me, she didn't give me the $10 bill, Isaac. I can't believe that, right? Right? It's swear, like, offense isn't like just testing out the waters and see if it, offense just acts like it knows what it's doing. And often we're like, oh, that sounds authoritative, I'm going to believe that, right? Often we'll just follow the loudest voice because we don't know what to do sometimes. So we've got these emotions going on inside of us. Offense is, is, has a clarion call. It knows what it wants to see happen. So offense just shows up immediately, right? You get offended, you get your little feelers hurt, all of a sudden there's offense right there. Ooh, that hurt, didn't it? Here, let me tell you what to do. And it is quick. It shows up right now. And, and so sometimes you'll get, someone will say something, and I said I alluded to this earlier, sometimes it takes a while for your mind to marinate and figure that out. But then all of a sudden, when you hear, oh, wait a minute, they said, they did say that, then it's swift and sudden. So like it might be delayed in that sense. But once, once the hurt is figured out, offense is like, here I am to save the day. I'm going to show you how to walk through this it is larger than life your offense is cultivating in you a response that is way bigger than what it should be anyone ever been offended and been like oh yeah i should have reacted a lot stronger to that <laughs> no we're all like i guess i overreacted a little bit right? that's the most common maybe once in a while someone who's super passive or whatever you know stan might get offended and be like eh. <laughs> Be like, Stan, settle down, because he's just, like, super chill. But most of us are going to overreact, whether externally or internally. Because guess what? You don't have to react externally for, for the soul cancer to be in your heart, right? You can be crippled and imprisoned by the bait of Satan without ever uttering a word to somebody, and that offense just marinates in there and saturates your soul. It is swift and sudden. It's larger than life and it demands an immediate response. Offense is in there. Don't let them get away with it. They shouldn't do that again. you got to honk your horn louder three times. Right? Come on. you got to be offended. you got to take action. You're going to tell them what so. Hey, you don't know who I am. Come on. Who are you? I don't care. <laughs> right? Oh, you don't care? You should care, right? It's this immediate response that's in you, It's quick, it's large, it's demanding that you do something. And we are just dumb enough to listen. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Right? Not you. I mean, me and Jim are. Yeah. not, Not you guys. You guys are smarter than that. But it just wants to cultivate a set of actions. Oh, I got, a, I got a plan for you, Offense is telling. Oh, he's shouting at you. I got a plan for you, man. And we're like, okay, I didn't know what to do. I'm just hurt. Come on, follow me. Okay. <laughs> Yell back at him. Hey, no louder, right? Offense is coaching us, and it's demonic. Come on. Your little feeler's getting hurt. That's not demonic. That's just life. But when Offense comes in and wants to champion your cause for you, hey, let me be your advocate. I'll show you what to do. All of a sudden, we jumped on the Satan train. Come on. Wow, that's a little... No, I'm serious. It's truth. It's truth. So, squish those all into one category. The next thing, offense, is it, it, when you get offended, guess what your brain does? Uh, I don't know what to do with all this. And offense is like, I know what to do. Your brain's like, okay. <laughs> you are no longer... Pro- Once you get offended, buddy you're not solving any problems anymore. Trent, I'm Telling you what? You just get torqued off, guess what? You're not, you're not thinking it through. You're not coming up with the best scenario. You don't have three or four good options. You got one option, it's whatever offense is screaming at you in that moment. It is lodged into your soul and it's saying, get them, they don't deserve to, come on. Just murder them, right? Well, if you knew half the things I wanted to do. I know that's what I'm saying. That It's demonic. This this seed of darkness wants to get planted. And it's, and it's just always around, looking for a place to land. Ooh, he looks mad. Nope, oh, nope, didn't work. He's too Christian. How about this guy, right? There's Kirk. Oh, yeah, that'll work for him. <laughs> He'll go home and scream at Marnie about it for a while because he's dorked off at somebody else. Yeah. But it, stop, it stops you from making good choices. It stops you immediately. Once you start listening to offense, your brain's not doing anything it's supposed to be doing. It's just listening to the loudest voice in your heart. Come on, that offense. Ooh, I can't believe they did that. It blinds me to the beauty of others. Sometimes we get offended and, and it's unintentional. And people just have different ways of thinking or doing things or whatever. And we can, if you're offendable... Right? If if you've got a, a susceptibility, if you haven't, if you haven't guarded and cautioned your heart and surrendered it fully to Jesus and had Jesus heal up some of those wounds, you get offended and all of a sudden you miss out. Like you start walking around offended, and you miss out how beautiful people are, and how how created in the image of God they are, how they think differently, how they talk differently, and like, and not all that is bad. Some of that you need. You need the, the panorama of, of ideas and views, especially in the, in the church world where we're supposed to all be serving Christ and walking together in unity. It, we, we lose out on how beautiful each other is when we're offended. Oh, I don't like your shirt. Oh, just, oh, you look dumb. Right? You just kind of get in this. Is it just me? Am I the only one that's ever done this? Probably. You guys aren't. You're like tight-lipped today. I don't know. They're like, tell me what else it does first. (laughs) It's all consuming. Offense wants to be center stage, and it doesn't really want you to have much input. And it doesn't want anything else. to. It wants to control the conversation. When you get offended, it's just right here. How many of you, when you've just gotten really offended at work or family or whatever, how many of you just you have a good time sitting down and planning out vacation and doing your work like you're supposed to and, you know, making a meal for the family and just relaxing in your living room. It's, awesome. it's all right. It's right there. I'm still here. Still here. Hey, still here. Hey, think about me. Think about me. Think about, hey, I'm still here. Oh, they were really bad. Think about me. And that offense is just, it's incessant. And it just wants to consume all your thoughts. <laughs> we were, I think we were talking about this Wednesday night. You get that, that switch flipped in your brain, and then you try not to think about it. <laughs> you're like, all right, think about the Vikings. Oh, no, that's even worse. So think about something, right? Think about coffee. And like You're trying to think of something else, and your mind gets just sucked back, and you just want to rehearse that over and over and over and over again. What else does it do? Hey, here's a thought. The fruit of the Spirit cannot be manifest where offense is ruling. So if offense is the ruling spirit in your heart and life in that moment, you can't have the spirit ruling and producing patience and kindness and love and compassion, crystal, humility, life, right? I'm just saying that random names, so don't get mad at me. Well, don't get mad at me because you're not supposed to. But the Holy Spirit is always trying to cultivate his fruits his character his nature but it's subject to our yielding to him amen it's subject to us saying yes to jesus it's subject to our yielding our hearts in that moment an offense comes up and often we we don't we don't think of it like this but here's what really happens often in that moment we get we get two pictures show up one is kindness patience, long suffering, fruitfulness, you know, just love, hope, joy, revenge, <laughs> right? And it's offense is just saying look at this, right? It's just saying look at look at this image, look at this picture. And often we're like, oh, I'm going over to this, right? I'm just going to and then we marinate on that. And guess what doesn't get produced? Any love, any forgiveness, any compassion, any wisdom, any understanding, all just gets shut down. Last one, I care not to share the love of Christ with whom I am offended. Hmm. Think about the last person that you were offended with and then how well you witnessed to them after that. When you are carrying that, it stops the flow of Christ to to share Christ with them, to share the love of Jesus, to share the hope of God, because you're you're cultivating and nurturing this offense. All right. So, is there any solutions? We aren't going to finish this today, but let's just talk about a couple things real quick before we close up for today. Number one, recognize it for what it is. It's pride. Hmm. So just when you thought the last pride sermon couldn't get any worse, we're going to let you know that. Remember when we said pride isn't just a sin? It's a cultivator of other sins. And so one of the other cultivators that pride wants to do is it wants to cultivate offense in us. <clears throat> because I'm, huh, and they're, oh, right? John Bevere says, the Bible is very clear that in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. And that's one, listen to this, allowing an inhabitation of offense is one way that we can be lovers of ourselves. Letting the spirit of offense come in and dwell within us, I love me, and I love rehearsing how much I don't love you, because I love me. And offense is really helping me do that right now. Let's just sit and talk about me. Okay, because offense is doing that. Offense is doing that. We just want some attention because we're prideful. So we just want to talk about me. And offense is more than happy, which they don't understand. But offense comes in as like, I understand. Mm. Hey, pastor, I wasn't sure about the demonic thing, but now when you say that, ah, the light bulb came on. Like, you get it? It's a voice inside of you. I understand. I get it. Oh, you're, you're much better than that you don't deserve that we just are, we love ourselves listen listen to what john says he just keeps poking at he says pride causes you to see to view yourself as a victim your attitude becomes i was mistreated and misjudged therefore i am justified in my behavior huh. we're going to switch to brant hansen because he's funnier <laughs> but he he's funnier but he's meaner <laughs> brant hansen says this he says Few want to hear this, but it's true, and it can be enormously helpful in life. If you're constantly being hurt, offended, or angered, you should honestly evaluate your inflamed ego. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying it like it is. and then, Well, actually, Brandt is saying it like it is. That's why I like quotes, because I can say meaner things, and then you can get mad at the person that said that. But it's so true. When I'm just constantly walking around Oh, oh no! They made me mad. Oh no! They hurt me. I guess I'm just so special, and people just don't see it. No, you just got a huge ego. You're just full of yourself, and you're prideful, and you just got all these expectations of how life should go and people should treat you. That as soon as that doesn't go your way, I've got the right now just to be oh, right. And offense is right there. It's just right there. Hey, I got your back, buddy. I got your back. We're in this together. No, we're not in this together. I'm being destroyed, and you're just going off to destroy someone else once I'm done. Grant Hansen goes on to say We humans are experts. You're an expert. We're experts at casting ourselves as the victims and rewriting the story, rewriting the narratives that put us in the center of injustice right? The story's all about how I was wronged. Listen to this last paragraph. And we can repaint in our anger or hatred of someone, say anyone who threatens us, into a righteous-looking work of art. Oh, man. If you want to leave now, that's okay. Right? How many of you ever been offended and you're hurt and it's nasty and you've told someone else the story and, and then later on they go talk to the other people involved and they're like... That's not the story I heard. Like, it's, there's some truth to it, but we, we have this ability to repaint everyone else as the villain and us as the damsel in distress, <laughs> right? I am just the innocent victim here. Oh, turd buckets, you are not. You are not, but we're masters at it. Well, it's, it's because the glory of God's on my life and they just get angry about me more because you're a jerk i don't know just i don't know i'm just saying maybe there's more to the story i don't know it's getting hot in here (laughs) brand says just just look at his humor in writing because he's just like this is painful stuff to write about but he wants to help us he says that guy's an idiot wait i've done the exact same thing he's doing but but that guy's an idiot And the other guy who did exactly what I was now doing, yeah, that guy's an idiot too. Listen to this. That guy's always wrong because he's always that guy. And I'm always this guy. Hold on, just stop right there before we read the rest. He's always that guy. I'm always this guy. And that's where offense loves to step in. We love to, oh, we're so quick to judge their motives and their wrongdoings because they're that people. But I'm this people. Well, really, really? He says, in other words, everyone's an idiot but me. I'm awesome. Go me. (laughs) He says this as well. When it comes to human motives, deciding why people do the things they do, you know, who's righteous and who isn't, we're actually worse than clueless because while we're being clueless, we're simultaneously under the impression that we're brilliant. If this didn't hurt enough already. He's like, man, on your best day, it'd be great if you were clueless, but you're not clueless. You're hopeless because you think not only are they so horrible, you're kind of just judging their motives and intentions and what they meant by that and why they pulled in front of you and why they didn't give you another birthday present and what, whatever. Phil, I mean, you got, got, got your own lists. But while we're judging all them, we're also so misjudging ourselves that we think we're brilliant. I'm awesome. I'm wonderful. I would never do anything like that. You did the same thing last week. We've had, we, we, were actually, Marnie and I were just talking about some of these and trying to process in a healthy way how we can be helpful. But people, like, just forgetting. Like, well, didn't, like, you, you just did the same thing. Huh? Like last week, you were telling me you you did... What you're screaming at them about, you just did that. You did that last week. We view our own mess-ups in a whole different But mine's a category one. Theirs is a category 35, right? That's why he says we're that way. The, the last little couple slides here. So recognize it for what it is, and then... As we exit today, let Jesus and humility work in us. Proverbs 19, 11 says this, a person's wisdom, say wisdom, a person's wisdom yields patience. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. Guys, offenses are going to come. So we need to, uh, here's my phrase for today, we need to make space for grace Need to make space for grace. So I was thinking about who's the most, who's the biggest turkeys in here who are always offended and just a bunch of, you, know, you just need help, boys. Why don't you come on up? I'm sure it's I'm sure it's those guys. Okay, we're gonna let them be the example this morning. <laughs> I actually, to talk to them ahead of time. So that's, they're not really the most offendable. So here's, here, let me give you a visual, come this way just a little bit more so you can be on the, the good camera. So here's what I feel has happened in our, so let me just give you a, a quick little visual illustration about what I think has happened with us, partly due to social media. Like, I remember, let, let me just digress for a second. When I, uh, when I first got on social media, I'm kind of, a, I'm an introvert, you know, I'm kind of a private guy. And when I first got on social media in 2009, on Facebook, like it, like it, 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 made my soul kind of like. And back then, it was pretty good. Like it, like there, there was it, everyone was really nice, but everyone was sharing stuff about their lives. I'm like, oh, like it just like as an introvert, you know, before social media, and then I just watched it progress, and I watched people share more and more and more, and then it got uglier and uglier and uglier as society dove deeper and deeper into godlessness and lawlessness and meism. I watched the everything get nastier and more violent and just vomit out there and so i 'm not blaming this so totally on social media, but i 'm just saying that that certainly was a tool for what i what the illustration i 'm about to give you because I think what used to happen was I would you know i 'd be whatever go to see Taylor and he'd do Something kind of stupid. I mean, not that you would ever do something stupid, but he would just say something dumb. I don't, I don't like your face or something or whatever. Just go ahead. Just, just say something. I don't like your face. And I'd be like, huh, what? Well, and I would say, huh, that's, hmm. And I would go to a different spot. I'd go in my car and I'd go driving. I'd go on with the rest of my day and I would process that. Can't believe he said that about me. But then I would just kind of process it through it, you know? I would kind of get angry for a second, but there was space. I wouldn't say something to him right away. There'd be space for grace. Well, maybe he's having a bad day. Or maybe, but I would still process, and hopefully I wouldn't get offended. Sometimes I would. But there, there was space for me to process that. And I I know I'm being a little cryptic. And we're talking more, not like physical, sometimes it's physical space, but I'm talking like emotional, mental, spiritual, relational space. There was space for grace. We didn't immediately, I didn't immediately slap him across the face and say, well, your mother's ugly, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because then I'd really be in trouble. Right. So what I think has happened these days is because of social media, because of our society, we're just, there's no space. There's no space at all. And so you're just processing, right? And while they're processing, they're not even really attacking each other, they're just trying to process. Well you said, well your face is ugly, your face is ugly. And what we really need to happen, now keep doing that, right, keep doing it. No, but we need some space, keep doing it but we need some space to process we need some space for grace right and now they can process a little bit thank you guys give them a hand yes i know that's not maybe a one-to-one example or, or you have to use your imagination a little but do you understand what i'm saying we walk into a store and someone says something, wears something, does something, looks at something. We're immediately offended and we feel immediately we've got, we've got to immediately do something about it. Yeah? Right? You're at the family gathering and, you know, Uncle Hank says something and just, it's immediate. I I'm mean, immediate, immediate. Where back in the day, there was some, now people were still jerks, right? But there was some space for grace. You could process a little bit, and you, like offense had a little harder time, it was still there. And you could absolutely choose to be offended, but, it, but you gave a little bit of space. And so that's, that's what I'm just challenging you to do today. The next time offense wants to creep into its familiar, like familiar territory in your heart, just be like, yeah, this is vacant right now. We're just, we're, we're, we're inviting the Holy Spirit. We, we evicted you. And we're letting the Holy Spirit have that spot, like like you don't even get your deposit back. You're just, you're just gone, okay? And when that wants that fence wants to creep up, give some space. So do this with your mouth. Shut it, okay? Just don't say anything. Do this with your mind. Stop it. Just think about something else. Process it later. Just like you don't need it. There's there's nothing that your world's gonna end if you don't process this right now. Just give yourself a it just count to 10 push we, we used to say it in youth group push pause just don't like like type it out type out your response but then don't send it it's pretty common for leaders to have it, back in the day it was you know with John Maxwell and stuff you know it was it was waste baskets full of letters that they had written and then folded up tore up put it in the waste basket right Process, you've got to process. You can't just stuff it. You can't just ignore it. you got to process it. But don't give it offense to this immediate hold over your life because then your brain will start to kick in. And they'll go, well, yeah, I know that their mom is sick. And we're like, oh, I bet they're kind of having a rough day. We've had incredible moments when the fruit of the Spirit will show up and we'll just start, like someone who's just, Barrr. and we'll kind of process through that a little bit. And maybe we'll act, actually talk to them a little bit. I was just I just heard a story about this a day or two ago. And they're like, why didn't you react like you, you know? And they're just like, because it's it's not really worth it. And all of a sudden they had this amazing conversation. Because you just don't know where people are at. But you can know where you're at, and you can create this space. Let's uh let's I know we're 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 winding down really fast here. James 1:19 says says this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and what? Slow to speak, slow to become angry, okay? Give the space there. There's a reason for the word of God. It tells us how to do this. Therefore, get, out, get rid of all the moral filth and the evil. Get rid of that pride. Do what we're doing in this series. Getting the junk out. That's so prevalent and humbly opposite of pride humbly accept the word planted in you that can save you yeah two more slides I think perhaps a big part of being less offendable is seeing the human heart for what it is okay guys don't be surprised at the world out there it's untrustworthy unfaithful prone to selfishness got it now we don't have to be shocked okay <laughs> if you're expecting everyone to treat you like the queen right or the prince just stop people are people are people don't be don't be surprised this last one here Last slide, all done. So let's review. Choosing to be unoffendable means choosing to be humble. Listen, once you've decided, once you've you've decided that you can't control other people, once you've reconciled yourself to the fact that the world and its people are broken, Once you've realized your own moral failure before God, once you've abandoned the idea that that your worth, that your significance comes from anything other than God, then you're growing in humility. And that's exactly where God wants us all. We don't have to be shocked that people are turkeys. You're a turkey too, right? (laughs) Just look in the mirror, right? And so we don't have to be surprised by that. So we can condition our heart to give space for grace. We can be humble. We cannot try to control other people. We can let it go. Yes, amen? Yes. Father, I pray today that humility would be the flavor of the day for us, God. I us pray that we would continue to evict these roadblocks from our life, so that we can progress with you onward and upward, becoming more like Christ every day. Help us to recognize when we're uh, prone to being offended and to just saturate that part of our heart with grace knowing that we need you every moment, God. And I just pray, if there's people here today that are just in this offense right now, just to unclench our hands, to take a breath, and to let it go. God, we just lay it at the foot of the cross. It's not our fight to solve. And we just pray for the grace of God to be in our life today. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen.